Kalia, the daughter half of the Father Daughter Book Club. And I am Chris, pretending to talk like Kalia from the Father half of the Father Daughter Book Club. <laughs> and today we will be discussing Facts of Life stories by Gary Soda. That's right. So this is uh, his book, Facts of Life, colon, Stories by Gary Soto was published on May 1st, 2008. And it's a collection. It's not a, a, a typical book. It's, it's a collection of short stories. And I was, I just had a question. Do you like that this book has short stories or do you prefer just one continuous storyline? That's an interesting question. So I think I prefer one story, but I've read other books that are like collections of stories like this before. Mm-hmm. And I think it just depends on how many stories they try to squeeze into the collection. Like the last book I tried to read was this book. I can't remember the name, but the author is B.J. Novak. Who you guys may not know, um, but he's a <laughs> an actor slash writer. He was a, a writer and producer on The Office, the TV show The Office. Oh, I heard of that. Yeah. Show. So, I mean, he's he's pretty well-known guy. He's a comedian. And this this book of like short stories... I couldn't I couldn't follow along like the some short some stories were really short like one or two pages some of them were longer like 20 pages and I just I never got into it I couldn't ever get a rhythm for the book this book it has a little bit more like similarities but for me if it's like short stories I kind of want it to be like I prefer if it's short stories kind of like how someone like in different perspectives like it is in wonder but still different so you want the stories to still revolve around the same plot but from different perspectives like is that what you mean yeah kind of like augie and me yeah that, that works too and so augie yeah so augie and me is a collection of short stories too yeah. the, the difference there is that they, they all take place in the same universe mm-hmm. whereas this book facts of life doesn't yeah the each new story has new characters and new setting new everything so i think the hard part that i had with this book is that there are just too many short stories 10 is too much for you for one book yeah i mean i would like to spend a little bit more time with each story yeah like maybe five five what short stories yeah five stories then you could have doubled the length of each story Mm -hmm. got more into each character and because like i felt like each of them ended really abruptly and i was like oh this the end yeah you know so that's that's why i wish a a little Mm -hmm. bit uh, if we could have had a little bit more space for each story but at least it did have about the same length of each story which that i liked yeah as you were saying in the other book it was like very of length yeah, so that that one made it really difficult to follow. Um, there's another set of short stories written by Octavia Butler, and hers Ooh. were yeah, hers were easier to get into. Like I said, there the book. Well, also, she's just a good writer. She's a good writer, but like she spends you know like fifty, sixty pages for each story as opposed Ooh, to that's... just yeah. So there's some significance there. There's meat there, and so you you can get a hold of it and mm-hmm. and get into each story before you have to let it go. As opposed to with this one, it's like as soon as you get into it, then it's over. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the that was the hard part I had reading this book. So the synopsis. We started getting into these questions before we got into the synopsis. I know. I just had a question, like, because we were talking, because we usually don't do books like these. That's so true. I was wondering, like, which one do you like better? So yeah. So let's let's read the synopsis, and the synopsis just says. 
What do Gabby Lopez, Michael Robles, and Cynthia Rodriguez have in common? These three kids join other teens and tweens in Gary Soto's new short story collection, in which the hard-knock facts of growing up are captured with humor and poignance. Which isn't a real word. Yeah, we had a discussion. We weren't sure if poignance is a real real word or not. But they put it in their synopsis, in their official synopsis. So there it is. And it continues, filled with annoying siblings, difficult parents, and first loves. These stories are a masterful reminder of why adolescence is one of... Filled with annoying siblings, difficult parents, and first loves. These stories are a masterful reminder of why adolescence is one of the most frustrating and fascinating times of life. I have a question for you now. So... Do you feel like, so you're, you're exact same age as many of the characters in this book. So do you feel like these kind of like accurately describe some of the things that you've experienced at this age? Not accurately. No. Similarly. They're similar? Like identity theft, which is one of my favorites. But I feel like that book, it's like trying to figure out who she is. That's what I thought it was about at first, and it kind of is, in a way. Okay, yeah, so let's talk about identity theft since you brought it up already then. Because the story actually has the most meaning to me. Okay. Um, So, quick synopsis on this story. Anna Hernandez is jealous of the new girl who just happens to have the same name as her. The only thing is, everyone seems to like her way more than the original Anna. The new Anna is, in a way, stealing her life because she went, like, she's on TV and she, she, the original Anna was supposed to read bulletin boards and instead the new Anna got to read it. And then after, then Anna gets a chance to move to a new school and is so happy. At the new school, she then meets another Anna Hernandez, and the roles are now switched, which is interesting. And so why did you find a lot of meaning in this story? Well, it's for me, I found it meaningful because she was struggling with kind of finding her. And she was kind of struggling on how someone who's new can be liked so quickly and how someone who's been there basically their whole lives, her whole life, was kind of forgotten. And I kind of had a little similar experience with it. And that's why it had the most meaning for me. But I know you've not, right? Nobody at your school or any school that you've been to or any anywhere that you've ever been, nobody has ever had the name Kalia before, <laughs> right? Yes. Well, Kalia Peoples. No. Right. I know someone with the name Kalia. Yeah. Is that Ellen? She was, it but, wasn't, it was pronounced the same way, but it was spelled differently. And she was a grade ahead of me. So how did that, did that make you feel similar to this Anna Hernandez in the story where? Yeah. Where you, you've never. Actually, it was funny because she first, the other Kalia first got my schedule. Oh, so it didn't, they it didn't was make funny. <laughs> so I was like, wait. Really? That was so hilarious to me. So that's, that, that's, I understand why this story had so much weight, carried so much weight for you. Cause you experienced yeah. something very similar. Like, even though she didn't have your whole name, but I mean, how many Kalias are there in the world? Not very many. And for one of them to show up in your school, 
Well, actually, you went to her school. You were the new yeah. Kalia, right? Because she's a grade older than you, right? So she had been there for for at least a year before. A year. Wow. So so, what happened <laughs> after gave, that? And okay. then we met, and then they're like, she when she got it, she was like. I'm not in my last name isn't Peoples, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Here's yours. Yeah. It was funny. But have you gotten to know this other Kalia? Is she a nice girl? She left. Oh, really? Oh, well, now you're the only Kalia again. Yeah. Okay. But I, it kind of felt like at my old school, like, like kind of people. I wasn't like really a part of any group, and I kind of, it kind of felt. Like, I was invisible, in a way. And that's how Anna was feeling, right? Mm-hmm. After the new the new Anna showed up, then yeah. she felt, like, invisible for a time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Until she left. And then everything changed, and then she moved into a new school, and then the same thing happened, except now she's the new girl, and then there's another Anna Hernandez. So that just tells you, don't name your kids Anna. If your last name is Hernandez. That's not what I would take from this story. I know, I was just <laughs> yeah, kidding. That's, it's such, like, it's not very often you go to the same school that someone has the exact same name as you. No. Even if you have a, like, her name, Anna, is not very uncommon. Hernandez is, is a pretty common last name. But to find someone at the same school that has the exact same name that's in the exact same grade as you is, is super unlikely. Um, but, so what else did you like about this story? Um, well, I really liked at the end, now she kind of has a taste of what the other Anna was feeling. Instead of being jealous of her, maybe she could have tried to befriend her. Yeah, since she's been through the whole thing before, mm-hmm. and she knew how she felt when she was in that position, so she should have empathy for... The new the, Anna. No, she's the new Anna now. And now so the old now, Anna. So now she should have empathy for the old Anna. Uh, yeah, I think so. When you read the story, what... Did you think of the new Anna and the first Anna? Like, what did you think of that scenario? Like, did you like that? Like, what did you think of the story, basically? I thought it was an interesting story. I felt that um, going, particularly the middle school years, identity is something that middle school-aged kids struggle with. I still don't really know my... Yeah, you shouldn't. You're at, at your age, you, I wouldn't expect you to. But then, um, you know, to come across someone who has the same exact name as you, goes to the same school as you, and winds up being more popular than you, that's something I... that That's just like another layer of struggle that you have to deal with. But I think what what is important, and I... The story itself didn't, like, hammer this home, but I still get the... As it did me. What do you mean, hammer this home? Oh, if you let me finish. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, the what I was the point that I was trying to make is that I would have liked for the story to to make it really obvious that as a person you can't wrap your entire identity up in your name, and I think that's what the Anna Hernandez, our main protagonist in this story, kind of learned, especially when she became the new Anna. Um, but they didn't say it outright like she didn't kind of have that click in her head like oh you know this is just a name there's more to me than just my name um but that's what i would have liked to have heard her say so i have so did you kind of think that what did you so you kind of got in to this when i 
for my next question. Did you think it was funny that people mixed up the Annas? So you kind of got into it that saying my name isn't me. I don't think it's funny at all because people take that that kind of stuff very seriously. Um, I think it's it's unfortunate that people don't take the time to get the name straight. Especially like some people, I understand that um, some names are hard to pronounce, but this is... Like my name. Yeah. Well, your name is kind of, it's not even that hard to pronounce. It's, I know, but everyone pronounces it the wrong way. Or they might know how to pronounce it, but they don't know how to spell it. That's okay. But it's just like, just spend the, spend the effort, okay? It's not like you're dealing with twins. Where if you're dealing with twins and you don't know them, I can understand not being able to tell them apart. Um, but they're but, not even related. But yeah, if you're dealing with two different people, even though they have the same name, you should be able to get get it straight. Which one is which? Even if you have to call one of them something different, like like I have a very common first name, and I've been in classrooms and jobs and teams where I'm not the only Chris. But we deal with it. Like it, it's not like people say, um, you know, they look at me and forget which Chris I am. You know, like. All you have to do is come up, either you use the last names, although I, know, I understand they couldn't use last names in this case because they both shared the same last name, um, but maybe then, okay, well, then they have a middle name that's different. So then you, you, you know, people around or, them should figure out a way to, to separate them. Because one of my teachers actually, her, she went to, like, because her name is Michelle, and that's a very popular name, and so pe- everyone was like... Can we call you something different so that way we can, like, separate the two? And I feel like she might have taken it the wrong way because for some people it could be a little hard. But, I mean, I've gone through that scenario with – I've known two people named Michelle, but they're completely different. Yeah. (laughs) So it was easy for me. Plus one of them I knew longer. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the next story here. Uh, we didn't really say so in the beginning, but we, we want to speak about four stories, one of which has particular meaning to one of us. The other one, that's just our favorite story from the set. So the first story we talked about was identity theft. That one, that one had, you know, particularly close meaning to you because you had the same kind of name uh, mm-hmm. thing happen to you. But what's your favorite story out of the set? Actually, seeing the future. All right. What's seeing the future about? Um, so it's about 13-year-old Letty Rodriguez, and she's already falling, has already fallen in love with Miguel Padilla. Padilla. Was, oh, Padilla. <laughs> he was nice, funny, and kind of handsome, but she questions whether he really likes her or is only using her for money, snacks, and... So why is this your favorite story? Because, I mean, it's kind of funny because i mean i could probably tell when people are just using me and aren't actually my friends or actually like me but i really like this because it's kind of like because we don't really get those like first love stories in kids books and sometimes it does happen i mean like kids in my school are even so you kind of don't really see that and that's one of the reasons why i like what i like about it is that you don't really see that side of the story of, like, middle school-aged kids. Okay. What did you think of it? 
I, I'll tell you why I liked it. The, at the end, she, she realizes, so at the end, Miguel asks to borrow a significant sum of money from her, right? And he says, well, the reason I want to borrow this money is so that I can buy a class ring. My mom was supposed to buy it for me, but something happened and now she can't. But I know you've got the money, so can you loan it to me so I can buy the class ring? And he, he kind of really pressures her into loaning her the money. And she says that she'll think about it. And when she thinks about it, you know, she starts leaning towards loaning him the money. But in the end, she says, you know what? I had a specific purpose I was saving this money for. She wanted to go to um, some class at, at a college to take in the summer. And she realizes that. Um, Which is more important, education or Miguel? It's not so much education versus a boy. I think it's she comes to the important realization that she can either invest in a relationship or invest in herself. And she decides to invest in herself. And I thought that was a at 13 years old, 12 years old, however old she was in this story. That's important because, I mean, there's going to be time for her to have a relationship later on. She has an opportunity to do something that's going to enrich her and she decides to do it. And I think that was an important realization realization for her to have. That's why I like this story. Do you feel like Letty and Miguel's relationship is one-sided? Yeah, of course. You know, it seems that um, he's only nice to her when she, when he wants something from her. I was kind of confused in a way because they kind of did make it seem like it was one-sided at first because she was basically doing everything for him. And then we, and then, er, and then in, towards the middle of the story, like you said, he was he did he was nice to her, but only when he wants. Her. Yeah. So yes, I also feel like it was one sided. Now, I mean, she she gets a little something out of the relationship too. I think it was a he's boost. popular. It, it was a boost for her confidence. She wanted people to know that they were together. Um, but then she's kind of weighing all of the things she has to give up in order to get that. And she ultimately decides that, like I said, she'd rather invest in herself than in that type of relationship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she, I mean, she's, she was, was she getting something out of it? Yes, a little bit, but not nearly as much as she had to give up. So it was definitely one-sided. So what story had the most meaning for you? The story that I found um, a ton of meaning in, in addition to this, the seeing the future one, was called D in English. And D in English... I actually didn't really like this one. It, I liked the ending of it. The, the story itself was hit, or, hit and miss. But the ending, I, I like I said, I found a, a great deal of meaning in it. So the story is about a, a 12-year-old boy named Ryan Gonzalez. And it starts out with his mother yelling at him like, Ryan, how did you get a D in English? And so for the rest of the day, he tries to avoid his mother. She comes into his room and he hides under his bed. He sneaks out of the house so that he doesn't have to see her. He tries to go various places really to avoid his mom. And, and, uh, but no matter where he goes, he always runs into somebody or something that he also has to hide from. In addition to, it's like, you can't ever get settled in one place. And, um, but at the end of the, the end of the story, he stumbles across an ESL class and he discovers a really valuable lesson. And we'll talk about that lesson, but, um, that moment is why I really like this story. Because I didn't really see a lesson. You didn't see the lesson. So, so what is the lesson then? Um, he, he, uh, he realizes at the end of the story that he's been running from his problems the entire day and 
he's too old to be doing that now. He has these opinions of there's a bully that he runs into who, um, you know, steals money from him. And, and he has an opinion of that bully and he thinks he's a bad person. But then he realizes, well, wait a minute, the bully's, you know, getting really good grades. And, he, you know, he he starts blaming um, people like along the way. He blamed the bully for something that he, the bully didn't do. Right. And then he gets scolded by one of, by an old man who's sitting on his porch. And I guess he was like hiding and trying to hide from the bully. And then the old man scolds him. And so like. What did the old man say? The old man was pretty much just like, get away from my car. Oh. You know. And, oh, yeah. It was like a really big man. Yeah. And, and he tried to blame that on the bully saying, well, I wouldn't have been in this position if it weren't for the bully. But then he kind of takes ownership of it and says, well, I didn't have to hide behind that car, I guess. But also, why did he have... Why did he want to hide from the bully? Like, he didn't have to hide from him. Well, if it's a bully, I mean, he's trying to avoid having his money taken, getting hit, getting beat up. You know, he's trying to avoid all that. But at the end of the day, he... And then he actually runs into his mom at the at the grocery store. Well, sees his mom at the grocery store and tries to hide from her there again. And then another boy comes and helps his mom with groceries... Helps her carry them to the car. Yeah, and then, and then mom gives him 20 bucks no, and not a soda. Tw- no, no, no. His mom tried to give the boy some money. The boy declined, and so she gave him a soda. They didn't oh. specify how much money. I, I thought it was 20. No, they didn't specify how much money. And then, you know, he tried to go to his friend's house to hide out from his mom there. But then his friend's like, you can't be here because if my mom sees you, she'll be upset. And... Then he runs into, you know, he goes to the library and he sees that boy that helped his mom. He sees his other friend's mom and and he has, you know, he, he sees all of these people who are taking ESL get their certificates and celebrating and, and you know, all, from all these different walks of life, whether they're, you know, from Asia or from Mexico or, you know, from, from wherever. And he realizes, you know, this is, this is cool, you know, and this entire day I've been running from my problems, but I'm, I'm too old to be. So he really has this, like he, uh-huh. he, he goes from a, being a boy to a young man in that day, over the course of that day. And so even though like we like coming of age stories, had his coming of age condensed into one day, right? <laughs> so that's why I like this story. And that's what the, pro- we talked about what the protagonist learned. That's why it was meaningful. Everything. So what is your favorite story in Facts of Life? So my favorite story is actually the second story in the book. Capturing the Moment. Called Capturing the Moment. I actually really like this one too. And I couldn't decide between capturing the moment and seeing the future. Yeah, I thought this was a very simple, just a sweet kind of a story. About this girl named Lisa Torres, I believe is her last name. Maybe I have that. Maybe it was Lopez. And uh, it's like... Like I said, it's about this this girl named Lisa Torres. She loves to draw. the The story starts out with her drawing uh, one of her classmates a picture of her, and she get, kind of gives it to her as a gift. And she can, she continues along and and goes home and unfolding like kind of right before her eyes is like this very beautiful picturesque moment. And being someone who loves to draw, she sits there and draws it. And as she's drawing. A bunch of other things. Yeah, things come. just keep adding to the moment. Like first it was a little rainbow and then it was 
um, like for, I think first she wanted to draw just like this little lake that had mm-hmm. formed in front of her house, and, and then, then there, there was, was the rainbow. And there was a rainbow, and then there was what geese or something, some, or like some type of bird. Of, oh, one of the like most weird, like beautiful bird that she was reading the night before. Yeah, about. a bird lands near the lake. Just all these things to make to just enhance the moment, and so she's drawing furiously, and she captures this moment, and then she takes the takes the the drawing to school and shows it to her I think it's her art teacher or is her English teacher English English teacher and the English teacher kind of just not it's not very interested in the picture but I think for Lisa you know for her it wasn't about that like she was able to capture a very like I said beautiful picturesque moment and Mm -hmm. and she'll have that forever now she'll have that painting forever the picture forever people actually doubt her that this was actually at her house yeah like all this stuff happens and like there's no way that could have happened right mm-hmm. but it did and, and she, she was, was like, there you don't believe me yeah some people just thought it was symbolism or just a fantasy but it was real and i think that's um i think that can be the beauty in a lot of art especially when nature. yeah when you're drawing things in nature like you know if you read like uh stories about da vinci or monet or any of those old classical painters you know a lot of times that's what they did you know they would just set up an easel somewhere and paint what they saw and that's exactly what she did she just drew what she saw and out came this like beautiful composition i remember one movie and there was an artist or a painter she just set up an easel and just started painting what she saw don't remember what movie this is, but I remember I saw this a while ago. And then it started raining. And so she had to, like, leave. Mm-hmm. And she tried to, like, remember what it was and finish the But, I mean, that was one of my favorite movies, or my favorite scene from that movie, even though I don't remember it. It was, like, just seeing the beauty in nature. Yeah, I think, you know, we all move around so much these days that sometimes we don't take the time to just stop and appreciate what's happening right in front of our eyes and what's happening right in front of us could be just extremely rare and unique and beautiful like how often is a lake gonna form in front of your house with the rainbow and these rare birds come and like like all these things happen in just this the span of a few minutes and if you don't take the time to appreciate it you can miss out on it and so i think that's what this story is trying to signify that, you know, just slow down. And like she she has the ability to do that as a as a painter, as an artist. She does, you know, she kind of takes her time and and she's always looking for moments to capture. And so that was that's why I like that story. Just very simple, very sweet. Sweet. Yeah, just to it the was point. Also one of my favorites. But I um like she isn't very like cause she's not I don't believe she's from this country. I think she was born in Mexico. And then she moved here and she had, like, this big dream of, like, living in the city and being, like, and living in a nice house. But things actually ended up way different. She actually lives in, like, the very, very country side of, I believe, California? Yeah, so that's one of the things about all the stories in this book. And I don't know if you, I'm sure you picked up on it, but they're all stories um, about Mexicans mm-hmm. and either they were immigrants or their parents were immigrants. So it's like first generation or actual immigrants themselves. Um, so how how did you feel about reading uh, stories like that about from that perspective? 
I really liked it. Yeah? Because, like, I mean, I could kind of pick up because I've taken Spanish classes before, so I could kind of understand what they were saying in some moments. But I'm glad that at the end of the book they have, like, Spanish phrases that they might have used at the end. So that was like, oh, that's... Yeah. So overall, though, did you enjoy the book? I did. Yeah. So who would, would you recommend this book to others? Yes. Yeah? Who? Who would you recommend it to? Maybe people, like, who are struggling with... Because, I mean, especially now, since we live in the United States, I really enjoyed it because it was about immigration. Part part of... Yeah, there was one story that had um, a very strong immigration theme in it. Which was Citizen of the World, and I really... I couldn't decide between which one was my favorite and which one had the most meaning. That's okay. And I really like that one. Yeah, so we can talk about it. I mean, Citizen of the World is about um, this this girl who discovers that, you know, she thought she was born in in the United States. And she was actually born in Mexico. That's right. And, you know, her parents don't speak really great English, but at the near the end of the book at the sorry near the end of the story they take a short vacation and her dad orders entirely in english at a restaurant and her her you know the i, I forget the daughter's name the, the the girl's name i don't remember but she's very proud of her father in that moment um there's another incident where she goes to the store with her mom and they come across a protest because people are protesting um illegal immigration and there are people on both sides of that protest there. There are the the immigrants and then people who are protesting immigration there. So yeah, the, the, that story goes through a lot of a lot of different things when it when it discusses um kind of like the immigrant experience. Cuz a lot of these well a lot of these stories I actually could identify with. Yeah. Like one of them was the divorce. Mhm. So it's not exact, but I definitely felt some, like, closeness in that. But, I mean, like, for people who, I mean, like, I could recommend this book to a ton of different people and they could relate to a ton of different stories. Yeah, I think that's... that's The joy of short stories. Well, I mean, going back to what we were saying at the beginning about how I wished this book was had fewer stories in it. And or even if it had the same number of stories, at least spend more time with each story, with each set of characters, with each um, theme mm-hmm. that it was dealing with. Because like that, like you said, that book, uh, the story about uh, the kid whose parents were getting divorced. We didn't get to spend much time with that with that boy. I um, was like, I couldn't choose which one I like. Like there were a ton. Yeah. That I related to and could closely yeah. connect with. So I think, like you said, just about anybody can get something from this book because there are so many different stories that talk about so many different things that you may not like all, all the stories, but there's probably something in there for everyone. So yeah, I would definitely recommend this book to any 11, 12, 13-year-old. Middle school age. Yeah. So I probably have already asked you this. Since this book... And The Lions of Little Rock, I both had to read for school. Okay. And since we both read it together, did you like that you got to read the books for school with me that I had to read together? Did you like that? 
Well, I like reading books with you, Kalia, and whether you're reading them from school or you're reading them specifically for this podcast, I like reading them with you and then getting to talk to you about them and seeing what you felt and what you learned and going through all that stuff with you. I think it's it's important for both of us. And because those two books are like for school, which book did you like better? Well, like I said, with this book, I had a hard time getting into each story because they're so short. So Lions of Little Rock, obviously being a complete novel, I was able to get into that story quite a bit. And I identified a little bit more with that story because, you know, it's talking about segregation and being half black myself. You know, I identify with that a little bit more than I do with the stories and facts of life, which tell the story. But it's interesting, though, because, you know, I grew up in similar neighborhoods that these kids are in, in the stories and facts of life. Like the neighborhoods I grew up in were primarily Mexican. The schools that I went to when I was coming up, you know, middle school and high school and stuff, those were like 90% Mexican schools. So I did identify with these stories, but not, you know, it didn't have the same historical significance as Lines of Little Rock did. For me, it's a pretty close tie because I can relate to a number of stories in this book. Yeah. But in Lines of Little Rock's, me being black myself and in segregation, I could also identify with that. Oh, yeah. And so, I don't know. I mean, I like I like different parts about both books. I liked how I could get deeper into lines of Little Rock, but I also like how in this book I could identify with more in this. But that's an interesting um, question you ask, because is that something you have to do for school? Do you have to choose which one you like the most? No. No. But okay. I mean, like, well, sort of, because sometimes we have to, like, write um like an essay about keep this book or don't keep this book on the summer reading list oh i see and so i actually totally recommend keep both of these books because i feel like even if you're not black you could probably identify with some of this stuff in both books you know that's a great question i like that we should maybe we should add that question to the end of each of our books here that we discuss is would you keep this book on the reading list or would you add it to a reading list if it's not already on it that's a good question i like it and so for for these ones you would definitely keep them on the reading list i feel like someone everyone can probably relate to something in both books yeah and it might not hit close to home or might hit too close to home yeah that's good and if we end up reading a book that's off the list then maybe we could suggest hey this book should be added to the list so we should start like a list of books that we would put. So I actually think that most books I would like put on like yes read list. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about doing that then. That, and, that'll be the next thing for us is whether or not they should be added to a summer reading list and like wait, maybe which grade, like they which be added. grade level. Yeah. Um, there would probably be only one book for me that I wouldn't add. Yeah. Okay. Well, and we that was have, because let's not, let's I didn't not get into like that. It. Let's not get into all of that. Maybe like when we're we, when we need to have an episode where we don't talk about a specific book, but you know, then we can talk about each of the books that we've done so far and whether or not we would add them. To. That's an idea for the future. Okay. Okay. So this next book. Yes. What are we getting into next time? This is actually a really. I actually already started reading this, and I really enjoy it so far. Okay. It is the, it's kind of, it's definitely an older book, and maybe, it's not too mature for me, do you think? It's not, well, just say the name of the book. 
The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And there, there's actually another Alchemist book that I read, but that's nowhere near this book. All right, so typically we've read books that are either young adult or children books. This book is adult. This book is not a young adult book, but the themes in the book, like it's, it, it doesn't have like R-rated material or anything like that. It just, it might be a little dense for, for kids your age, but I'm glad that this is something that you want to read. <laughs> and, you know, and like I said, we'll, we'll read it together. I've read it before, but it's been a really long time since I've read it. So I need to, I really don't remember anything like about it. Like 15 books, like 15 years ago. Oh, yeah, at least. And so I'll need, it'll be good for me to read it again, and I'll be there to answer questions for you and help you get through any parts that, that you may not understand. But I think this is a, it's, it's good that you, you have interest in a book that's not a children's book or a young adult book. Because then that, it, just all it does is it improves your reading. So I think. I mean, like, I've even read some of your books. Yeah. So some books, even some young adult books, content wise, you know, I may not recommend them for, for kids. Because like, like the young, yeah, the young Elise is, is a book. Like even though it has a protagonist, who's who's a teenager, but I it cannot. you know it has it Finish deals with it deals with some pretty heavy stuff. You know, and if that if that's not the kind of thing that you enjoy, no matter what age you are, then I wouldn't recommend that book. But this book here, even though the protagonist is not a teen, like we're not going to have a teen. It's an, it's about adults, like you said. There are adults in this book, but that doesn't mean a person your age can't read it. So uh, we'll get into it and we'll see how it goes and, and then we'll talk about it. So this one, it might take us longer than the, like typically we have about two weeks between each episode, um, but you're starting school soon. And so if it takes us a little bit longer than, than two weeks, then the, then we'll allow for the the time, however, however, however long it takes us to read it. I mean, since I've already started it, it might not take, but for, cause you might, cause you're going to, you're probably going to like fly by through this. Yeah. These books. Two weeks, I can typically read a book in under two weeks. But for me, um, since I'm starting school soon, might take a little longer. But I, I, at least I've got a head start. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully we can get that out. Yeah, so this one should be fun. Um, I, and that's it, right? We have nothing yeah. else to talk about for this episode. Okay. Wait. So. One thing. One thing? Everyone can enjoy books. Yes. Even if you don't like to, I like find something nerdy. Yeah, there's a book out there for everyone. If you want a suggestion or recommendation from us, or if you want to make a re- recommendation for us, visit us on our website at fatherdaughterbookclub.com, where you can leave comments on any episode that we've released or any book that we've talked about, or just you know leave a general comment for us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we also, if you'd like to get recommendations from us you can check out the episode that we did on books that we enjoyed so some of them i cheated and did series yes <laughs> um but if you'd like to you can check out that book that episode we did that one a while back right um and also if you want us to not focus on just one book in general but do a number of books Leave that down below or just any comment. That's right. And if uh, you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, please do so. You can do so in Apple Podcasts or Google Play Podcasts, Pocket Casts, 
Anywhere. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you should be able to find us, Father Daughter Book Club, and subscribe to us there. And uh, if you care to, uh, in Apple Podcasts or iTunes, leave us a review and a rating. We'd love to hear what you think. And we can also get this podcast out to many other people because, I mean, I like that we get to discuss and read books together because this way everyone kind of has something. That, that's right. So, so again, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. 